Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. The Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head been a great week for South Carolina on the recruiting front. Still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Thanks again to our guest from the Garnet Trust Hour, Gavin Cassas from the Gamecocks baseball team. And I'm surprised we didn't dive into food with him as much as we have some of our other guests. Yeah, we could have done a little bit more. Um, I, I feel like he was holding back on us a little bit. Maybe he's like a, a chef with secrets, so he didn't want to. He didn't want to give away all his secrets there. He did. Say, he claimed to be kind of a grill master, but he didn't want to give us like the menu really. Yeah, I did. I did like his breakdown of the the spicy meatball the celebration. Yeah. I, I highly doubt he's going to actually say it, but if he does, I'm going to crack up. But that's one of those things, like when you tell somebody something like that and that situation comes up, he's probably going to at least think about it. He might. He might be like, that dude from the radio was like, yeah, say spicy meatball. So if I see him, I think he's already forgotten. (laughs) Dang it, Wes. I'm I'm killing my dream. He does hit a lot of home runs, though. So he's (laughs) going to be a lot of opportunities. He's going to have lots of opportunities. I'm hoping he remembers the thing about movie quotes on first base. I I really hope he actually does that. He might. I could see him doing it. We didn't dive into movies either. 
No, we didn't. We ran out of time. Those hours, two hours go by so fast. Yeah, we need two hours with Gavin. Yeah. He did not know what to say when we told him that his home run almost <laughs> hit your wife. He didn't apologize, but no apologies necessary. That ball was smoked. That was a... See, you sh- she should have grabbed it and then brought her well, in for him to autograph. And I, and I do. Let, let me issue... <laughs> I'm going to issue an on-air retraction. Wes is already laughing because he knows what's coming. I... Uh, received a text from my lovely wife who said that if had she had her glove in the stadium, she would have called it. See, not only attempted but called it, and I you, believe her. You were got some athleticism. You were downplaying the fact that she could have snagged it. Yeah, I mean, as as it oh, was, Chris she, is in trouble. She went <laughs> ah, and and dove. Well, you hey, could even see me. I'm like, oh, well, you enjoy, almost took me. Out. Enjoy sleeping on the couch tonight, Chris. Nah, it's not that bad, guys. It's it's not to that point. Just just a little clarification on that. But Gavin was good. Um, hey, let me tell y'all real quick, speaking of food, National Meatball Day. And you know what that means. It's not, normally we're talking about meatballs on a Monday for Firehouse Subs. We're actually going to talk about it today on a Thursday because March 9th is National Meatball Day. That is a thing. What is better, guys, than a hot, melty cheese blanket on your sub? Some can't meatballs, think of some cheese. I can't either. It sounds outstanding. I'm hungry. Today, you get double points on any size firehouse meatball sub or the sweet and spicy meatball sub today, Thursday, March 9th at any of the 14 Midlands firehouse subs locations. And if you're wondering what is the sweet and spicy, that is the regular meatball sub with the pepper sauce on it, the little sweet and spicy pepper sauce. It is absolutely outstanding. So you can try either one of those. And if you join the Firehouse Subs Rewards Program, you get double points today so you can earn yourself some free Firehouse Subs. Go to firehousesubs.com, Rapid Rescue to order, or check out any of the 14 Midlands locations. So today's National Meatball Day, but Tuesday is the first day of spring football practice here at South Carolina as the spring sessions get rolling with Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday practices for about five weeks leading right up to the spring game on April the 15th. And a lot of questions to be answered about the South Carolina team over the course of the spring. And uh, one, one, one question that I guess doesn't need to be answered is who is the starting quarterback? We know it's going to be Spencer Rattler, obviously. But there's a good bit of depth behind him at quarterback that is something that, unfortunately, South Carolina hasn't had a lot over the past few years. Yeah, it's really interesting when you kind of just take this quarterback roster you know, as a whole, there have been some seasons at South Carolina where you go into the year and you know that there is an established starter. I mean, that happened with, I know we we did this exercise a while back. I mean, Jake Bentley, certainly, you know, but then he got hurt at the end of one season in the bowl game against North Carolina. So you go into the next year knowing that you're going to have to turn to somebody else. Um it's been a position at South Carolina in which at certain times there's been some instability, <clears throat> whether that's an injury, whether that's going into a year not knowing who your quarterback's going to be, or whether or not you, you kind of got a battle, which can play into that second point that I made. This year, you go in and you, you know absolutely who your starter is, and that's similar to last season. So it's a couple years in a row where you absolutely know that Spencer Rattler's going to be the guy. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, we talked about it with Spencer when he was in here. That just opens up a whole new world, I think, for him. You know, this time last year, 
he kind of put his head down and, and went to work, uh, you know, both by his own indications and indications we heard from pretty much everybody else as he just came in, didn't want to, you know, I think he, he has a realization for who he is and how big his name is and didn't want to just come in and, for lack of a better way to say it, just kind of try to take over. And uh, so, you know, this time last year, he's just kind of trying to, uh, you know, be one of the guys, I, I think. And so now you have a year under your belt. You've been here for a full year. You have a much better understanding of, uh, you know, how the program works, um, just the area you're into, um, you know, just everything that has to do with going off to a new place for the first time. And now, he, you know, he's been the starter for a full year. I think that opens the door for Spencer to be just more of a, of a leader in this group to where you're not just the starter, uh, but you are kind of the face of the offense. I, I think, you know, t- talking to Juice Wells on one of the Garnet Trust interviews, he kind of had the same realization, like, hey, I can come in now and, and be the guy for the wide receivers and, and sort of be the person who pushes everybody else. You know, le- leadership is one of those things that is difficult sometimes to put into words. It's sometimes difficult to put into action. And, you know, a, a guy sort of coming in and telling you what to do can be perceived with the exact same words, could be perceived one way or could be perceived completely differently. So you do have to be careful. And I think having Spencer Rattler back with a year under his belt and doing things the right way, it just opens the door for him to be able to deliver a message to his teammates and it actually be accepted, which maybe would not have been the case if Rattler just showed up and started barking out orders and acting (laughs) like he was the guy and just sort of took on that leadership role right off the bat. Yeah, and that could have, you know, you kind of think back to how last year went, right? If Spencer had come, there was so much made about Spencer when he got to South Carolina. People digging up Netflix clips from when he was, what, 16 years old and pretending that he was the exact same person as a, what, 21, 22-year-old, you know, kind of making leaps about what may have happened at Oklahoma, what may have happened in high school. And making a lot of assumptions, and you're right, there, there was not, there were no issues at South Carolina, certainly none publicly, none that we heard of, and totally co-signed there, Wes, where we just heard nothing but good things about him keeping his head down and working. If you kind of look back at how the season went, had Spencer Rattler come in, or anybody, any, any guy who transferred into the program, not just him, at a key position, just come in, not known anybody, not have done anything at this place yet, and not forged and built those relationships and kind of been in the trenches, so to speak, and done that and then had some struggles throughout the year, that could have really, really backfired. But as it turned out, everybody, yeah, they had those ups and downs as a team. Spencer Rattler had his individual ups and downs during the year, but Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler, the rest of the coaches, the rest of the players, they all stayed together so that they could accomplish what they did at the end of the year, which was a lot. I think when you have transfers too, man, it's – um more difficult than ever to bring a team together and you know you always have turnover on a roster in college sports uh, because obviously you know guys graduate they leave and that used to be the case if a guy was if a guy was a contributor and he quote left early that meant he was still there for three years you know and, and guys still transfer but it was more honestly the players that weren't most of the time contributing much or 
maybe there was an issue, an off the field, you know, disciplinary type thing. But for the most part, if you were playing, you stuck around. Now you have guys leaving, you have guys coming in. Um, teams have more roster turnover than ever, so I, I think it makes it more difficult on coaches across the country to try and bring these teams together. And so for Beamer, this is one thing we've talked about with him and our sit-down with him a few weeks ago was basically like how, how do you walk that line between the guys who are in year three, year four, not uh, just like maybe tuning you out a little bit because they get tired of your catchphrases, they get tired of your same message, while also having to have the realization that, hey, this guy's new, this guy's new. This guy's a freshman and he's new. This guy's a junior and he's new and has been at two other schools in some cases. So I, I think to to bring a team together and to keep them together, to keep them all pulling in the same direction is uh, more difficult than ever. But it helps when you have players themselves that, um, I guess, acknowledge that or understand that. And I, I think Rattler did that. It's kind of, a, you know, uh, to, to tie all this together, Cassis, um, what do you say, coach fed, player led? I don't know if I've heard that. I guess it's not a cliche because I haven't heard it before. It's definitely a coachy type thing, but it, it makes sense, uh, which, I, you know, I took that to mean like, you know, your, your coaches are going to give you um, the ingredients. They're going to give you what you need. They're going to give you the message you need. But uh, the players ultimately have to take it and apply it, and uh, they have to uh, use it, um, you know, as far as spreading it to the rest of the team and just buying into it as well. well yeah. Going, yeah, I was going to say, going back to what you guys were saying about uh, Rattler's maturity, and, and like you said, people like to bring up that clip from him on the QB1 show on Netflix from when he was 16 or 17 or whatever, just from the perspective of him sitting down in here with us for the uh, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour of the Day that he did a couple of weeks back, you can see there's a night and day difference between yeah. who that person was and who he is now. And, you know, he understands what a big part of this program he is and, and the success of what they're going to have in 2023 was him coming back. And you can tell he's definitely bought into what Shane Boomer is building here and, you know, hoping for the most success this fall. Yeah, and you know, Spencer has obviously experienced a lot of things and it's not too big for him to have that kind of burden. I mean, the expectations when he got to South Carolina, heck, before he got to South Carolina, just the just the idea, if you can remember, of even the rumor that he may hit the transfer portal and people just may be guessing that that might happen and automatically... A lot of people around South Carolina fans are looking around going, oh, man, what if that happened? Hey, Shane Beamer was on the staff at Oklahoma. Hey, the quarterback situation here is not as good. What if we could get this guy? And so you're automatically then making that leap. This guy can come in and save the program, you know. And when he got to South Carolina, the expectations put upon him. But this is someone that was a five-star quarterback. He was the number one quarterback in his class in 2019 put up a, some huge numbers that 2020 season at Oklahoma and at one time had his name on, on Heisman list. And so he's used to that level of spotlight, but he's also gone through some things that, you know, did not go certainly as he envisioned. He probably, when he committed to Oklahoma and signed with them and after that season he had in 2020, didn't anticipate, you know, losing the starting job and then leaving and, and, and those things happening and transferring to South Carolina. It wasn't really... Even when he went to transfer, South Carolina wasn't probably the first school on the radar for him. Um, so I think he has that kind of uh, good perspective, that gratefulness that 
Shane Beamer really tries to instill in the players. And I think he's just really kind of um, endeared himself to the program. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. And back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you continuing our conversation about the quarterback room at South Carolina as we are just a couple of days from spring practice getting started. Talked about Spencer Rattler, who of course will be the starter this past season or this upcoming season in the last segment. Going down the depth chart a little bit to Luke Doty at the number two spot. And Chris, you spoke to him last week for the Garnet Trust Hour. You know, you talk about Spencer Rattler transferring in here last season. And when you look around college football, there are so many cases of a superstar quarterback coming from another program and coming in and the guy that was assumed to be the starter, you know, taking offense to that and then taking his ball and going somewhere else, you know, transferring himself. Luke Doty didn't do that. And he's, by the time he's potentially the starter again in 2024, he'll be in his fifth year of college football taking a red shirt um, last year. But but he's a, kind of a dying breed in this game that we have today of a guy that's willing to, to wait it out uh, for his official turn. Well, I think, Tyler, a lot of that, too, is just that, you know, by all indications, Luke is is just happy. And, you know, I, I think sometimes guys maybe get um, caught up just in the sports side, just in the football side of their experience. And, you know, for Luke, I, I think it's it's been more than that. It's been greater than that. And, you know, he, he's just a kid that I think uh, has found his home at South Carolina. He's very happy socially he's very happy within the program on the football side as well and uh you know i I think that has led to those decisions there and i I do think you know it's kind of one of those things sometimes we'll put a spin on something or people will put a a positive spin on something and you know you can find a positive in anything you can find a negative in anything so there was this thing of like uh well this could be good for luke to learn behind spencer for a year and you know the, the player themselves may, may be sitting there going like, no, that sounds awful. I want to play. Like you can say, you can sell it like that, but uh, I, I want to be on the field. And I'm sure Luke did want to be on the field, but I, I think he truly did approach it like that. Like he truly did buy into the fact of, look, I have not had a red shirt year. I've not had an opportunity to actually learn. And, you know, he got just thrown into the fire. Like I think people – you know, they're going to get tired of me saying this, but I think people got to remember, I mean, they had him playing wide receiver his true freshman year. This is a COVID year anyway, so the practices were all jacked up. And then they're at the end of the year, they're like, hey, go play quarterback. And then, you know, the year, the next year for him, uh, which will be two going on three seasons ago now, he's playing, but he's never completely himself. He's never completely 100%. And then so last year he red shirts behind Spencer. So, I mean, I look at it as, um, you know, last year was finally his opportunity to sit back and learn and, you know, make progress and stuff like that. And, you know, I think uh, very few teams actually I would imagine in the country probably feel as good about their QB room as South Carolina does right now. Yeah, I mean, when you look just at, and we'll get to some of the other guys in that room, there's six scholarship guys, you know, all who have – talent and some you know not much experience overall 
we'll get to some of those others. But when you just look at Luke, you know, that is quite the luxury to have someone who, A, you know, is going to represent you completely the right way at quarterback. But B, has not only program experience, but playing experience and starting experience. And you're exactly right. You look at that 2020 year that was so messed up. And, you know, it's like, hey, you're a true freshman who's bounced back and forth. Our team's not very good. What do you think about going and starting your first game against Georgia? You know, and that and that's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. That's a tough thing for any quarterback. And you can go back and think of some big time freshman quarterbacks out of high school that came into college and some guys that had even bigger expectations than a Luke Doty. And it wasn't like they came in game one and just lit it up. You know, some of those guys went through struggles. Some of them went through periods in which, um, you know, maybe sometimes they sat behind a guy. Spencer Rattler sat behind a guy at Oklahoma. Um, Maybe it took those quarterbacks, you know, midway through the season um, before they kind of just eventually rose to the top and became the guy. And for Luke, it's been just all these combination of different things. You know, when he got his chance midway through his freshman year, it wasn't under just normal circumstances. Then he's had the injuries and the bouncing back and forth. Um, so I do think it was good, you know, for him to be able and, – and it's not just learning about sitting and learning behind Spencer Rattler – it's just being able to kind of learn and, and be able to take that step back just in general. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I mean, you, you took it out of my head, but, you know, even Spencer redshirted. So, yeah. you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the number of different offensive coordinators, and unfortunately he's going to have another offensive coordinator this year, uh, you know, that has affected Luke, I'm sure, as well, that you're having to learn different schemes, different terminology, different things along the way. And, you know, not – someone that really played a ton of high school ball at QB either. Sophomore year, he played wide receiver. Junior year was a full year at QB, and that was when he really, I I thought, took a huge step forward as a player, was set and was started, you know, was having a huge year as a senior in high school at Myrtle Beach, and then got injured and, you know, was never able to come back and and be the guy there after that uh, because the injury. So, you know, I I think for, for him... Um, just has been a string of of sort of unfortunate things, but I think people do sometimes forget. Like, still a very talented kid, a great athlete, and um, someone I know South Carolina is is very excited to have in their QB room. When I uh, want to tell you guys about Amy Mason Cup at State Farm, my family was looking to switch and save on our insurance. We called Amy Mason Cup and her team, knowledgeable, responsive, helpful, experienced, all that stuff. They took care of the rest. They can help you with all sorts of policies from auto to home, business, boat, renter's insurance, life insurance, and more. Amy's a South Carolina native and a local agent. And she and her team can give you a personalized quote to help you switch and save and to meet your needs. You can also ask her when you call her at 803-772-5554 about the new Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm that has interactive maps and driving tips and can help you earn up to 30% savings. You just download the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm or just ask Amy Mason Cup when you call her or visit her website or go pay her a visit, 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. 
or amymasoncup.com. That's Amy, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com. And that's 803-772-5554. Again, that's Amy Mason Cup State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So even though USC has Luke Doty on the roster and Spencer Rattler on the roster again, that, that makes you feel great as a coaching staff. Spencer Rattler had some games last season. Y'all remember, we, we were sitting in here, Wes, and there was some conversation among the fan base about making a change at quarterback. And mm-hmm. Shane Beamer stuck with Rattler. He stuck with Marcus Satterfield during the season. They, now, they, they changed some things. What was the term they kept using? Mainline, streamlined. 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 Yeah. They certainly they cut back what they were doing offensively, and they made some alterations. Still run a lot of the same plays. But he stuck with him and, and gave him that fairly long leash. He gave him that fairly long leash, right? I think we can expect the same this year. Is that fair? And and the second part to that is, do we think Spencer Rattler takes the next step this year? We can answer that question on the other side as we continue on with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Gamecock baseball team back in action this weekend out of Founders Park, taking on Bethune-Cookman. They actually have two pair of tickets to Saturday's game out at Founders Park. First pitch for that coming up at 4 o'clock. College number 4 and 5 right now. You'll win yourself a pair of tickets each at 803-404-6100. Jumping back into our conversation about the quarterback position. You guys brought it up before the break there. There was a time last season when Gamecock fans were having the conversation about is Spencer Rattler the right answer? Do they need to make a change at the quarterback position? Put Luke Doty in and Shane Beamer stuck to his guns with Rattler and Marcus Satterfield and it ended up working out at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen we've seen Shane Beamer takes an approach where I think he he likes to stay the course and you know, I think he doesn't like to to panic. Obviously, he doesn't. He's not the guy. You know, coaches have different approaches. We saw, you know, Steve Spurrier was a guy who's very quick to make a move. <laughs> and you know, I think we've seen, in a greater sense, we've seen Beamer's teams sort of hang in there, even when there there have been maybe issues along the way. And they've, I feel like you could say they finished both of the last two seasons. On a high note, they've gone through some, you know, maybe growing pains. But uh, part of the reason I believe that they've been able to do that is because he also has stuck with his guys, I, I think. And there's not a sense of, oh, I'm, you know, if I make a couple mistakes, I'm going to get benched or, uh, you know, I'm not looking over my shoulder, I think. So, you know, I think we've seen that play out with the quarterbacks. We've seen that play out with a greater, from like the greater sense of the team as well. And, um, yeah, I think uh, Beamer kind of kind of knew what he wanted the offense to be, and they they decided just to continue to tweak it as opposed to making wholesale changes. And and obviously we saw that work out for them uh, last year. I, I think going into this year, Chris, for me, I'm I'm more intrigued. I'm more interested, especially going into spring practice next week. 
let's maybe keep it, uh, you know, with, with that. And what's relevant with that, I would say the guys, when you start getting behind a Luke Doty, behind a Spencer Rattler, who enters spring practice as the third string quarterback, who exits spring practice as a third string quarterback, is there even a third string quarterback listed on the depth chart? That's a good one. Depth chart analysis season coming up. Yeah, but even if there's not a guy listed, there's still there a is third, one. There's a third person <laughs> to walk out there and take a snap. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I wonder who that would be right this second. I wonder who that would be in one month when we're closing in on the spring game. So the other day I had a piece on GamecockCentral.com, and I'm basically doing a, a format of where I'm asking a couple questions about each position. And so I had t- those two questions. Really, mine pertain to exactly what you said. Um, what will the depth chart look like? That that was one of my questions, and that meant going in and coming out. You know, will there be any changes? And the second part of that question is how far can Lenora Sellers rise up that depth chart? He won't be, I don't, is he going to be three going into the spring? Probably not. Probably not. I would say almost no chance. Almost no chance. But can he be coming out? Well, we're going to see. But my guess, this is my guess, Wes, and honestly, that's all it is at this point. The number, the, the third guy to take a snap Tanner Bailey, are you there? You mean at the beginning of spring? The beginning of spring. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that's probably where I'm at. I don't. Um, I don't know. You have because here's the thing: you have a you have a new quarterbacks coach, a new offense yep. coordinator. Um, they haven't really been able to see the guys throw a whole lot at this point. Uh, does some, not to use a senior, but does some seniority play in as Colton Gothier? Yep get the first third string reps um you know even even when you get into the spring game because the teams are split like obviously you're going to have Spencer Rattler leading one team Luke Doty leading the other so then third and fourth you're actually not going to be able to tell necessarily who yeah. is actually third or fourth um i i do think it would be telling spring game looking way ahead is the are the third and fourth so like the second guy on each team is it Tanner Bailey and Colton Gothier which I think entering it's probably a pretty safe bet that that would be the case entering the spring is one of those spots Lenore Sellers or do the older guys sort of hold them off um you know I I think this is a big I think it already is it has been, and certainly going into the spring, going into the summer, it is a massive off season for Tanner Bailey, certainly for Colton Gothier. Uh, you know, Lenore Sellers, there's not really a lot of pressure on him. He's the true freshman. Yeah. He's the new guy. But, you know, if you're one of these other guys, you want to hold off the young guy. You want to hold Davis. off. Do what? And Braden Davis. Yeah, you, you want to hold off the guy who's coming up behind you. And, you know, we, we certainly have already – seen and we've heard the reports about Lenoris uh, physically and what he is capable of. Uh, and now we're going to get to see him, you know, in camp and playing football and 
seeing how far along he's come with this offense. So I, I do think that's probably one of the more interesting storylines with that position. It's great if you're the coaches that you're talking about third string as opposed to, uh, you know, a, a starter. I mean, do you think, I'll throw this question at you, if if Spencer Rattler had left and went on to the NFL, is Lenora Sellers in the starting conversation this year? He'll be in the fans' starting conversation. Well, <laughs> is he in, but is he in the internal? Um yeah, he's probably in there. I think by the time, th- this is obviously a very hypothetical, hard to project thing. I think by the time the season rolls around, he probably would be in the conversation. And going back to to earlier when I mentioned Tanner Bailey, maybe being my early, very much guesstimate of being the the quote unquote number three guy. I'm kind of basing that on what we saw and heard last year. Now I know we got. In Columbia, a new quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator who has not, as you said correctly, Wes, has not worked with any of these guys mm-hmm. um, on, on any sort of level. So there's a lot to learn, and and I think some of that will start sorting itself out pretty quickly, but some of it is probably going to be open-ended, maybe even through the spring and, and to the end of spring, just in terms of how the depth chart sorts out, but you look back at Tanner Bailey, I mean, I remember last year hearing a good bit of buzz about how he was looking in practice and how he was progressing. And you heard a lot of good things about Tanner Bailey. Now, does that carry over? Does it change? Does somebody else that's not Tanner Bailey kind of rise up and, and stake that claim? Very possible. I mean, this is a room where you got, you know, a starter, a backup primary backup, and then you got four other guys basically fighting for those spots. And there's a lot of unique you know, skill sets within them. Yeah, and I think um, fans love to talk QB as well. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Lenoris, I, I think, here's the thing. There's there's not these open practices like we see back in the Spurrier era. So, there won't be the opportunity for the fans to get in there and, like, really watch him throw. But there'll be some videos from practice, right? There'll be some clips, and then... The spring game happens, and, you know, you're talking about a guy who just physically is so impressive and is probably going to be in there with with the second-teamers or third-teamers of a split squad. He's going to be physically superior, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it really sets up, I think, for him to have some wow moments this spring and then in public in the spring game. So I, I don't know necessarily what it's going to be internally, but I, I think what you said about the fans and Lenora Sellers, like for a guy who wasn't quote-unquote highly recruited or even highly ranked for a lot of the process, the buzz ha- has really started to build. So I, I think all the more important for Tanner Bailey, Colton Gothier, Braden Davis – to do what they can to hold Lenoris off uh, through the spring going into the summer. But it, it doesn't really help them that this is not a uh, the same offense that we saw the last two years. You know, if you're one of those yep. guys, you have that advantage. You have that advantage of being here and learning the scheme. Everybody starts a little bit fresh with a new offensive coordinator. All right, we'll come back on the other side, wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 
presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. A few more minutes to go in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Do want to let you know about the 107.5 The Game Spring Golf Classic coming up on Friday, March the 24th at the Charwood Golf Club in West Columbia. If you want to be a part of it, give Charwood a call at 803-755-2000 to register. It's $100 a person and $400 per team. We're going to have some great autographed gear from Gamecock athletes and one lucky person will win season tickets to all remaining USC baseball games. Lunch will also be provided by Firehouse Subs. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the 107.5 The Game Spring Golf Classic. As we continue our conversation about the quarterback position going into spring practice, I guess the biggest X factor, you guys talked a lot, a little bit about it before the last break there, was this Dow Loggins offense and the fact that we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. We have some ideas based on what some of the um, you know players have said in their various media availabilities, but you know we, we know Spencer Rattler is going to be the starter. You know, Luke Doty is going to be that second guy, but you guys are kind of talking about that um, you know, battle for next in the pecking order, does what Dow Loggins bring from an offensive scheme maybe benefit one guy more than the other as we go through spring and learn a little bit more about it? That's a good question, Tyler. Um, It it really is. And I I think I I would sort of say no. Um, However, I, I do think there may be one advantage which I would probably give to Spencer Rattler, and that would just be that he has now played a full season of game reps in what you would at least say is a similar pro-style concept scheme. You know, now you're going to have different terminology. You're going to have different concepts. You're going to have, you know, it's a different offense, and it's a different guy calling it. So there will be things where everybody has to learn. And I think that does give you somewhat of an equal footing just on that part of it. But, you know, for Rattler to go through what he did last year and to really start to get comfortable towards the end of the year in Satterfield's scheme, I really do not, and I've said this several times, I don't think South Carolina wants to reinvent the wheel on offense. Uh, That would be silly to do that the way they finished last season. So uh, I think for Rattler, there is a little bit of an advantage just in having played in this. However, I don't think there's necessarily a skill um, advantage for anybody where you just look at it and say, you know, that guy's skill set is such a different skill set that it fits what they want to do on offense better than this other guy. If this was maybe, you know, one of those schemes where a dual threat quarterback is heavily involved, where there was QB run heavily involved, you would maybe, uh, you know, pick a guy that had that skill set at the top of the repertoire. Uh, In this case, uh, I think there's enough similarities between the guys that it's just going to be about who goes and performs. And, um, you know, obviously Rattler will be the guy and, uh, you know, it'll sort of, uh, I guess, play out from there. And I thought you made a great point, though, thinking talking about the backups and how that clean slate of having a new offensive coordinator could benefit a guy like Lenora Sellers, you know, because, again, it, Sellers isn't going to, I mean, this season, barring injury or injuries to other players and and be the starter, that would certainly be a huge surprise to everybody. Um, But what it does do is is it kind of reduces that learning curve. He's a smart kid, lots of smart kids in this room. 
that can pick up this offense. And from what we've been told, probably the goal is to make it an easier offense to pick up in general. And that's going to help your quarterbacks and everybody else and help your team get on the same page. So it's not as if I'm saying Lenore Sellers couldn't pick it up. It's just when you have guys on the team ahead of you who are more experienced in the program and have been in the offense that you're going to run for a year or two years or three years, you are at a disadvantage just naturally. And so I think all those things may help him ascend the depth chart maybe even more quickly than we anticipated. Yeah, I mean, everybody's on the same uh, starting ground, I, I think. And, you know, it's, it's not a case either where, you know, these guys have been here for three or four years or something like that, like, you know, like a Luke Doty who just has, I think there's value to having a better feel for just the college game and, and college life and being comfortable in your shoes and just knowing, uh, you know, how to get around town, just knowing how things work, being out on your own. But, you know, Tanner Bailey, Braden Davis, those guys have been here for, for one year. So, um, you know, I, I think there's there's not this huge step forward, uh, you know, or, or step ahead, I guess I should say, that they have over those other guys. I, You know, I, I will say, you know, it kind of I, – I was reminded when you were talking about what happened last year how, you know, we did see Tanner Bailey start to pop up on the sideline for road games and yep. that generally is a um it's a signal i guess like if you're looking for signs you're looking for signals it is a signal if one guy travels because you have that that shrunken roster compared to at home if a guy travels over someone else um sometimes there are some matchup things there sometimes there's maybe a nagging injury or something that necessitates that but for the most part, it can be a sign of movement on the depth chart. So Tanner Bailey, that, that is generally a reward for a guy stepping forward, I think. And we, we did we saw him traveling late in the season in some road games. One question I want to make sure that we get to before we get out of here um, does pertain to take it back to the top, Spencer Rattler and him taking the next step in the progression of his game. I have a thought on that. Wes, do you want to tell the people first, though, about one of our partners? Yeah, our friends at Integrated Media, they uh, actually saw uh, these guys at the baseball game on um, Sunday. Yep, that was. And uh, they were there to witness uh, the home run ball from Gavin Cassis as well. But uh, our friends at Integrated Media, you can give them a call, 803-948-8327. If you want to watch those baseball games, all year long on your perfectly hung brand new HD TV and stream them on SEC Network Plus with your excellent streaming service and your excellent Wi-Fi, then uh, our friends over at Integrated Media can help you do that. It is your home, but much smarter. So anything that involves a smart home, you hear Jay Phillips talking during his ad all the time about maybe getting some outside speakers. Maybe you want to grill out and still listen to the game outside uh, any of those things, whatever your heart can dream of when it comes to audiovisual, our friends at Integrated Media can help you with that, 803-948-8327, or just go to integratedmediainc.com. Yeah, so on, on Rattler, the biggest step, in my opinion, that he'll want to take, need to take this year, and it's something that Shane Beamer very strongly harped on in his pre-spring press conference. 
he was very upset, Beamer was, about the amount of turnovers this team has had the past couple years. They've been uh, not only last in the SEC, but they've been towards the bottom nationally, both of 2021 and 2022. And part of that is obviously fumbling, but also turning the football over through interceptions. When you look at it last season, Wes, 18 touchdowns for Spencer Rattler, over 3,000 yards. A lot of that past the last two uh, regular season games. 18 touchdowns, but 12 picks. And so for me, that's the biggest thing for him is cutting down on those decisions or those errant throws in 2023. And, and the biggest thing for the entire offense, I think, as well. And I think, and this is something we'll dive into, of course, throughout the spring, how much will this new offense help not only Spencer Rattler, um, but the rest of the offense cut down on those mistakes, when you're, whether you're looking at fumbles, interceptions, just being comfortable. You know, you got the sense watching this team at times last season that they were, you know, pressing or weren't quite on the same page. And so there, there's been so much talk with Dow Loggins' offense about streamlining some of those things. Spencer Rattler maybe playing with more tempo, which he likes, which we saw more of the end of the year, simplifying things, allowing everybody to play fast. That's going to be a huge key to this season, I think. And to, uh, I know we got to get out of here, but to do so while continuing to actually just go play. Like, um, you know, I, I actually saw this thing on Instagram. I don't know what it was from, but the human, the human mind cannot think of the negative. So if you, if you say, don't think of an elephant, what did you just think of? You just thought oh, of an, an elephant. elephant. So. Yeah. Uh, you can't go play by saying, don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over. So I, I think very important for uh, for South Carolina and their and their team to try to get rid of the turnovers, but while continuing to just go and play clean ball, but play free ball as well. Yeah, if, if you're constantly sitting there thinking, okay, can't turn the football over. I can't. I can't try to make this throw because there's a there's a chance that it might get, um, you know, picked off, or I'm I'm not going to try to squeeze through here as a running back. That's not going to work out so well. You got to go play fast. You got to go play free. Um, Spencer Rattler. I mean, you look at his body of work. Some of the best throws that he's made. Some of the biggest plays that he's made during his career at South Carolina have been throws on the run and, you know, improvisational plays. But you have to make sure that you're still playing within the structure of the offense and making good decisions. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Be back same time, same place tomorrow to wrap up the week here on 107.5 The Game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.